Hello and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'll be your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Michael Damiani. How's it going, everyone? Ben Moore. Sup? My Emmy-crushing co-moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. <laughs> Hello. And Isla Hink is on vacation, so it's just us. No fancy lights, no fancy cuts. This is the main cut. I mean, we've, we've all crushed a few Emmys. I'm not sure about you, but... <laughs> no, but judging by the quality of that game, what I'm hearing, that's certainly, yeah. <laughs> the Goaty discussion this year demands it. Uh, excited. It's a joy. It's a, it, it's a good feeling to like just bump something up, you know, mm-hmm. on your... On your uh, uh, to-do list, on your backlog. Whoop. Not only just for, as far as like franchise, never really invested that much in Metroid. Here we go. Distinguished guests, we are here to discuss some of the biggest headlines in video games this week. But before we do that, we must first answer for the mistakes we made in last week's podcast. I need you to begin corrections music, Daniel Bloodworth. Thank you. It's Thomas the Tank Engine, not Thomas the Train Engine. That's one for the books. Gotta remember that. Konami is making you. Uh, somebody was like, "Well, Konami's still doing stuff." Konami's making very much are, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh Cross Duel, mm-hmm. which had recently had a closed beta. Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel, there has no release date, but there are trailers. Yu-Gi-Oh Rush Duel, which is coming to the West, and they still support Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links. <laughs> so, Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there, you're doing fine. Do you ever have those like things in the back of your mind where you're like, "I want to get into this, but I know I shouldn't." Yu-Gi-Oh! is one of those for me. <laughs> well, where it's Yu-Gi- like, I know this is a terrible <laughs> idea, but I kind of want to. Well, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! makes a big play at Comic-Con, or used to, when like, Comic-Con San Diego was a thing. But they always had yeah. a giant booth. Yeah. It's funny, it's they, were, they were always right next to Weta, so you just have like these huge like special effects, statues, com- costumes, everything, and then Yu-Gi-Oh! And I'm just like, man, I would get that email every year. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! is like, come on, bye. <laughs> Konami used to like dangle it, too. It's like, we'll hey, come cover up. some stuff. Also, we got Yu-Gi-Oh! If you right. want to check y- out Yu-Gi-Oh! is one of those things where I think like it's easy to ignore, but once you actually take a look at it, you're like, oh my god, this yeah. is massive. Yeah. yeah. It's intense. Super Mario Party never had updates planned or promised. They never said they were going to do that. Oh, this is the thing Huber was, assumed oh, it. Huber always gets called He's out for this because yeah. Huber keeps always says that he thinks he heard it somewhere, and then like we tell him <laughs> no, right. and then he still repeats <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. uh, just to be official, Sherlock Holmes canon includes 56 short stories, four novels. Additionally, there are many plays, poems, essays, etc., written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle himself that are extra canonical or non-canonical. I like extra canonical. Um, we talked about, we did our, our Q4 preview. We talked about October, November, and December. And if a ton of people had done this, I would not have mentioned it. But just two said that their games they were excited about. Voice of Cards is on the 28th. We did not mention that. And Nick B. Leavitt is a fan of all of these. Rift Breakers on October 14th. Caligula Effect 2 is on October 19th. Ever Tried is on October 21st. That one I'm not sure of. Tandem A Tale of Shadows is on October oh, 21st. Yeah. The game or the date? You should know the game. The, uh, no, the one before Tandem I hadn't heard of. Ever tried? Ever tried, yeah. Just Dance 2022 on 11-4. <laughs> Ellipses after that. I think that was just a guilty pleasure. Blue Reflection Second Light is on November 9th. Chorvis, my favorite, Chorvis. Chorus, but yeah. Also, AKA Chorus <laughs> is on December 3rd. Demon Gaze Extra is on December 9th. And their personal, this is it, in quotes, Soul Cresta from Platinum Games. Yeah, interesting on December game. 9th. Uh, I heard, I saw through the grapevine that uh, no one went to bat for S and P five, and that that made me a little sad. It depends who's on the podcast. Yeah, I know. It's a different, it's a different preview every I, time. It's still, still trying to get that code. I was reminded. I had another Sega thing to ask about. I'm like, hey, uh, what about that thing? <laughs> I'm asking you, Dan, that corrections music. Pew. 
Nice. Let's play Starring Roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Roll is where we get to fix cinema. We're trying to fix video games one game at a time with our reviews. But now we got to fix cinema, too, <laughs> because some this one's gonna, one of these is going to crush you. And it sucks because the movie's not going to be as good, but we got to do what we got to do. We have to fill in roles of actors who have left films, but we can only fill them with video game characters. We have two movies that we need to save. Uh, this is a series, actually, from Alexander Zirinov. Brian Cranston does not want to do Breaking Bad. He's out. He's, he's not a fan wow. of subject matter. He's out. <laughs> After it transformed my life, I decided I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just getting started. Time traveling back to the top. beginning of Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, okay. We got to replace travel. him. Who that do we sense. replace him with? Nico Bellic from GTA 4. Mm. Joel Miller from The Last of Us. Or William Birkin from Resident Evil. Not the first time Birkin's come up for casting. Proud of Birkin for getting into acting. I think Birkin is a little bit too uh, comic book villainy for Breaking Bad. He's great in Resident Evil, um, but I don't know if he would fit for Breaking Bad. Walter's not maniacal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling Nico. I I think Nico would work, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. He he kind of it's a very similar vibe, I feel like. Yeah, anyway, so it yeah. would make the most sense. It wouldn't take much of a push. No. For him. Yeah. Though <laughs> so, I kind of curious to see Joel. Yeah. Like the the whole I feel know, like there's something else out there that like but I can't put my finger on it. Like there's somebody else that would be really Wario. <laughs> I would watch it. I would watch it. But so what pushed what pushed push Wario over the yeah. edge? From RF Switch, Evil Dead 2. Oh, no. I refuse. <laughs> what, what I love I is abstain. What I love that RF Switch specifically labels that Bruce Campbell is leaving. He's leaving his actual No. Aims. No bad blood. Sam Raimi just didn't think he fit the goofiness of the movie. This is, this is, this is the worst timeline. specifically mention. Which you know this there's is bad heresy. Blood. You know there's bad blood between Raimi and, and Campbell. If you followed their careers, the two of them love pranking each other. Um, so I could totally see there being bad blood. But this movie's got to happen. And we got to do it with either Leon S. Kennedy, no, Nathan no. Drake, or no. Dante. Dante. <laughs> D- D- yeah. Dante's the one. Sure, Out Dante. of those? Yeah. yeah. Out of those, Dante's I would say Dante. Like, yeah. It's a different movie, but it might not be da- Dante, a worse movie. Well, I don't know, man. Thinking about it, because I like recently replayed Resident Evil 4, and Leon is so gloriously cheesy in that game. Mm. But not really in a Bruce Campbell way. I, I think Dante fits the, the Ash vibes a little bit more. Yeah. I'm thinking, who do I want to see picked up and thrown through a series of trees? <laughs> and like, Leon, I don't know if, it, if it's as satisfying as Dante. Yeah. Um, or Drake, but uh, sounds like Nico that one, and Dante That one hurts hired. me. Yep. I know. They're Dude, all ha- I Dante mean, the- can take a beating, too. Sure. He can. It's yeah. true. These are brutal. We had to replace the Millennium Falcon in one of these episodes. It's not it's not an easy thing to do, but that's why we're putting ourselves out there. Thank you so much. Glad we could help. But if we ever get a chance, we're not going to, but if we ever get a chance to interview Bruce Campbell, you let me know. <laughs> I lose okay. my mind. Got to do it. Yeah. You you did? He uh, it was if Chins could kill, he was at autograph session and I got to got to chat with the man. <laughs> <laughs> I told him that a friend of mine in college said I reminded him my friend of Bruce Campbell, and I oh. said that's the best compliment anyone has ever given me in my entire life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Bruce Campbell, funny guy. Legend. 
We don't talk about Call of Duty cheating here on this Easy Allies podcast. Mm -hmm. It is something I've seen lots of people talk about. It is something that, for as little Call of Duty as I have played, I know that obviously not only is cheating prevalent in a lot of multiplayer games, specifically PC multiplayer games, mm -hmm. but then in Call of Duty, it is game-breaking. It is, you know... Uh, Making some streamers question, do I want to play Warzone? Making some yeah. Call of Duty fans realize it's yeah. time to bounce off this and hopefully catch that beautiful one-week period when that new mode or new game comes out and maybe you know uh, they haven't figured out how to go in there and break the game yet. And I think that's that's the uh, point to emphasize is that it has been really disastrous for Warzone and, and incredibly prevalent in Warzone specifically, yeah. So Call of Duty is doing something about it, or it would seem that they are. Uh, this is something that I've seen people complain about a lot. I've seen lots of clips on Twitter of people like, one of these days, hopefully Activision will do something about that. What they are doing about it is called Ricochet. And they are selling it like it is a map or DLC coming to Call of Duty. I mean, like it has a logo that is right. metal and shiny. <laughs> it had a warning letter the day before. Yeah. This is an intimidating system, folks. <laughs> and cut yourself on this thing. Uh, Ricochet Anti-Cheat is a robust anti-cheat system. This is from Call of Duty on their, on their website. Supported by a team of dedicated professionals focused on fighting unfair play. The initiative is a multifaceted approach to combat cheating, featuring new server-side tools which monitor analytics to identify cheating, enhanced investigation processes to stamp out cheaters, and updates to strengthen account security and more. Is this what you think people are wanting to hear that have been asking for this? Um, so it's a, it's a topic that's kind of fascinated me uh, when it got brought up, because I I think there are valid points on kind of both sides of this, and I don't know if there's really currently any approach that I can think of where you please everyone or or don't have any uh, repercussions in some way, because people are adamantly against evasive anti-cheat software as they should be. Because it is annoying and a, a risk, frankly. Invasive, you mean. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah in, sorry, what did I say? Evasive? I meant invasive, yes. Yeah. That's what I meant. I misspoke. Uh, but at the same time, like, people are so insistent on cheating and it is so ruinous and is so right, widespread that, like, strong action has to be taken. And so I am sympathetic to it. Uh, so Valorant has Vanguard, I believe, which has kind of received a similar controversy, but to my understanding, it has also been pretty effective mm -hmm. and, and kind of helped buoy uh, Valorant in the kind of popular position that it's seen itself in. And so it's like, I get it, and I get that people don't like it, but I really don't know what else to do. And so I, I, I cannot comment on Ricochet specifically, but right. I sympathize uh, with their need to be aggressive. And yeah, activists just know it to do either because they're obviously doing something that some people would consider evasive um, uh, specifically. And it's, it's funny because Valorant has Vanguard, Call of Duty has Ricochet, which is launching with Vanguard. Mm. Call of Duty Vanguard. Right. Gets a little confused. But isn't it, it's starting with Warzone though, right? It's starting with Warzone. Yeah. That's correct, yep. Uh, it is starting with Vanguard. It is launching oh. a, later this year with the Pacific update coming to Call Wait. of Duty Warzone. Maybe I misread it because I, I could have sworn I read that it was starting with Warzone. Launching they... alongside Vanguard. Okay. All right. I'm uh, um, that was from their blog post. But other stuff has changed you know, throughout this week. But yeah, they definitely want to mention Warzone uh, uh, 
developed into, well, this is weird, launching alongside Vanguard and later this right. year with the Pacific update coming to Call of Duty Warzone, in addition to server enhancements, is the launch of a new PC kernel-level driver developed internally for the Call of Duty franchise and launching first for Call of Duty Warzone. So the driver launches for Warzone. This driver will assist in the identification of cheaters, reinforcing and strengthening the overall server security. The kernel-level driver launches alongside the Pacific update for Warzone later this year, Vanguard at a later date. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of they kind of there's seem a to lot say of both. trying Sorry. to market things in, in bundles here that makes it confusing. <laughs> they definitely want to say that it's coming to everything because I'm sure you know players who are affected by one of these things want to be um, they want to get it and they want it to work. Are you cozy with something looking at your software when you open it and then promising to close itself after you close the software? I mean, this type of stuff has always given been controversial in the past, um, but as Ben put it. Because I, I mean, I only know this from secondhand. Is that because I don't, I don't actively play Call of Duty, but obviously Warzone is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, games on Twitch. A lot of the biggest streamers play it, but as Ben pointed out, it has a very long history of being plagued by cheaters, and it sounded like it came to a point where push has come to shove, and Activision needed to do something, and th they went with something very drastic. Because also, as you said, I, I know that. Uh, that uh, sorry, which is the other game that uses Valorant? Yeah. Valorant already uses something similar, mm -hmm. and it's been as you said, it sounds like it's actually working despite you know yeah. the criticisms. So they're probably just like following in the footsteps, like oh that wor what is the most effective solution out there that's working, proven? Let's do something similar. We'll do this. We'll deal with the backlash because the backlash they're getting for the cheating is like persistent and like overwhelming. So it's like they yeah. they got to do something, yeah. and I think something short of effective would also draw like doubts and you know s you know so dissent about whatever they try to do going forward so i think they kind of needed to be effective even if it's too effective or maybe like false positives happen like that's better probably to have for them as an issue because then they can start maybe to scale it back versus it doesn't do anything like cheap cheating was still rampant after they did something it's everybody's gonna be like we have no faith in you whatsoever and, and it's interesting purely from a marketing perspective because uh, just recently, and correct me if I'm wrong, you had Battlefield getting out there, b very specifically being like, "This is what we're going to do to combat cheaters." And so, if Battlefield and Call of Duty are coming out within a relatively close period of time, you don't want your competition to be touting something that you don't have. And so, right. making such a big deal mm -hmm. about Ricochet, especially in light of how rampant it is in Warzone, uh, I, I think helps you just from a perspective. Uh, consideration as well yeah and both both games also announced new modes within minutes of each other this morning yeah the, the, the call of duty zombies and exactly the, uh, battlefield like, uh what is it what is it hard zone or yeah it's it, hard yeah. something i'm blanking on the name <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> all right i have multiple choice right here what is, <laughs> what is it hard, hard tack hard line hard front <laughs> hard floor no that's kidding but the, i mean this was like it's like yeah it seems like i you were making a different kind of joke right yeah because Hebrew always goes on the, the the champion battlefield saying like this could be its year to like eat the most into like Call of Duty what it what it has done, um, but yeah. obviously it had that delay to November so you know that's right. like put a little bit of a damper on its momentum but it's still has a lot of potential. Hazard zone. Hazard zone. Hazard zone. Has okay. We were way off. We were way off. <laughs> Samson, no, I just forgot the Z. That's something. Just forgot the it's Z. so funny because it's something like I feel like I've yeah had described to me multiple times within the last month, and it just it just vanished from my brain. 
I, I think you are making a good point, Ben, because I think they both are walking such a fine line where they're any perceived like flaw or weakness in one of them with the player base, right. they will go to the other one. And Activision's probably like, no, we can't chance anything. Like, mm -hmm. even if we're doing the same thing as what the competition is doing, like we'll we'll have the same consequences then. But like, we're ahead right now. Like, we just yeah. want to maintain. Seems like just playing it safe to maintain. But at the same time, um, yeah, anything that involves like kernel level stuff, just as I said, like has yeah. a history of it. it could go wrong and Absolutely. something could be dug like you know given activision's current status i would not blame a lot of people for having zero trust in that company doing something over say even ea to like oh yeah ea battlefield or with uh and, and, and with valorant's doing like we trust you guys a little bit more but activision man you're in a shitty spot right now like don't, don't get out of here like i'm done with call d like you know it could have uh, some back so more yeah so I know Ben, you were talking to somebody uh, about this, and and I'm honestly not that up to speed with this, but yeah. I'm sure a lot of other people aren't either. What is what is the issue with PC kernel level software like this? Right. I'm. I will only speak to my understanding, which I admit is extremely limited and flawed, and so I could definitely see appropriate corrections coming in after I say this. But when when they say kernel level, it's accessing it at, at such a a vulnerable level on your PC that if it were to be compromised, it would really, really, really screw you over. It's like, it's it's essentially digging in so deep that if something bad were to happen, it would be really bad. I'm describing it as simply as possible, right. but you mm -hmm. kind of get what I'm trying to But do you mean bad illustrate. as in somebody spying on your computer or bad as in you're like, your computer fails? Bad as in, like, yes, having access to your computer, Got I think it. is right. maybe the best... Because it's, it. it's basically spying on just Call of Duty. Right. <laughs> like it's like I'm I'm doing some super secret spy stuff on your computer just to the software and only when it's open. And you're like okay. And it was funny that the blog mentioned that in paragraph form and then later in bullet point form. You mm -hmm. know, just to make sure, just so you trust us. Um, going back to the, uh, the perspective thing and, and like the two teams kind of viewing it from a marketing perspective. Call of Duty is in an interesting position, whereas like. Valorant is a PC-only game, and so I think the audience is going to be mm. kind of more uh, aware of, like, what invasive anti-cheat means and, and why that could be a problem. But you think about Call of Duty, and I bet it is, it's such a wide audience that I would, I would wager that a considerable number of players aren't going to consider what kernel level means or, like what invasive anti-cheat is or why that's a problem, they're just hearing, oh my God, this is going to fix the cheater problem. I'm all on board. Yeah. And so it's, it, it, sure. it is, it's, it's just interesting to me when, like, you kind of go outside of your own bubble and, and maybe think of, like, what, how a more mainstream audience is potentially perceiving this. I'm also very curious if this will have, because I'm also very limited in my knowledge about some of this stuff too, but one thing I've seen spring up in various like articles I've read like on sites is about not just like cheating with like PC tools and stuff but like controllers you can buy with like tools in the controller which do like mm. advanced aim assist and stuff like that there's like a name for one of them that's very popular and it's like almost undetectable and unless you're like caught like on stream holding it up or something like that and will this do something about it? Because it seems like even with something like this, people still seem to find a way when it's like a popular enough thing. So, um, yeah, I'm curious if this would also like solve that because it'd be nice because it's like anything you know that mm -hmm. connects to the game, or even a peripheral, it will still detect you know 
that it's using something that's modified and be like, Ant, you're flagged, your account's flagged. We're going to look at this closely and be like, oh, yeah, your controller was doing some shit a normal person couldn't do, so you're, you're banned. You cheated. So, Why did they do this in 2021, Bloodworth? 100 million people play Warzone. Raven Software so far has banned 600,000 accounts. Do you think Activision's just were just sweating the whole time? Like, we were out, we're working on it. And then they finally surfaced this month. Well, we did it. Here's our thing. Or they were just at, when it hit 400,000 accounts, they were like, eh, wake me when it hits 500. Like, what? Like why Why now? I, I think it's just, it, it becomes distinct where if your general experience playing the game is you're, you know, just going against obvious cheaters, it, like, they, they're going to see those numbers start to slide off. And Warzone is as big, if not bigger, than traditional Call of Duty for them right now. So they, they don't want to risk that whatsoever. Like, Call of Duty's their cash cow. They're going to keep that thing going any way that they can. It, it becomes this cloud, or, or maybe rather like a parasite, that uh, kind of sucks away the life from Warzone. Because Warzone's business model, what it relies on is a continual flow of updates and new things to keep players engaged or re-engage lapsed players. And when your new announcements are bundled with, hey, look, check out all this new stuff, and people are still cheating, yeah. uh, it really cuts into the the core of what that business model is and what it's trying to do. And so, like, they, they have to get rid of it. Yeah, I wonder if there was a swell of maybe some bad publicity recently on top of maybe some... For Activision? Bit- <laughs> Sorry, I help myself. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Specific to this issue, right. like, yes. like it wasn't. I don't because I don't remember what game it was. Wasn't there a story about like some like hackers took over like in the beta already like hacked? Was it w- w- the new Call of Duty Vanguard, Vanguard or something? Like they already like had. No, hacked I think you might be thinking of Battlefield on that one. Battlefield, but oh. like, okay, never mind. But I wonder if there was any like recent swell of publicity for cheating in this game where it was getting so out of hand that like it was just getting constant coverage on top of potentially maybe their biggest players and streamers were discussing, hey, maybe we're going to switch games and stuff. Like we're going to go to go to Battlefield or man, I'm getting really burnt out on all the cheating in this game. I don't know how much like they have people who are probably tracking this stuff. And I wonder if someone said like, hey, we could we've been ignoring this for a long time because we could afford to because like. It's so big, like it's too yeah. big to fail. But now we're at a point where there's some momentum for some other games, plus t- descent in you know top streamers talking about maybe moving on. Mm. This could be the thing that turns the tide. So we yeah. should do something about this now. This is the point where yeah, yeah someone in turn is like, okay, now's the time. And, yeah. and that's yeah. that's the other thing is uh, you, you mentioned uh, like Twitch streamers or just like what is kind of. Uh, holding people's attention and there is so much competition that you you want to do everything you can to like avoid the experience of somebody getting into a match being like that was a waste of time the cheater just won i'm gonna go play valorant or you know any other comparable game it doesn't really matter you you need to exactly provide as few of reasons as possible for them to move on yeah people generally have like pvp type stuff is kind of hard for average people to get into like it's uh, very demanding. because because yeah. of because the mentality of winning yeah and i think 
if you are overwhelmed with like cheaters and like you, you your most of your users are having bad experience, as you said, elaborate like that. Right. That's the thing. It's already a ton of hurdle right. to get people. To, I, yeah, it's a huge game, but it still was like a big risk to do because it's like not. It's there's no guarantee he's gonna succeed. But when you're at this point of success, why chance it? Yeah. Um, but also like you know like when I misspoke a little bit earlier, but not clarifying about like this specific topic. Right. But to the broader issue of Activision, maybe this don't want any more like scrutiny. It's like yeah. this. Make, we can make this go away, or at least like alleviate this issue we don't need another headache yeah. on top of all the he- other issues we're dealing with right now so like that could be another reason yeah i mean i think you have to pro to, to find out you know when they started working on this if you have to rewind the clock six months to a year ago you know because oh, like, yeah. this is like a multi-pronged approach you know the yeah the the pc software is part of it but also what they're talking about the servers and like hiring all this extra staff oh, like this yes. has been like a long time to analyze the problem and figure out what they could do and then like really start investing these resources and so just to be able to say we're going to launch this thing within the next few weeks they've had a lot of time already mm. invested in this uh, and and yeah i i think the other thing too with it being you know free to play is you can't have people come in, check it out, and then have, you know, like Ben's saying, have their time wasted. Right. Because they're just gone. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a $60 game or something, you at least have that sort of sense of, yeah. well, I invested in this time. Let me play a few more matches and see if I just had a bad night. Free to play, it's you, you, you're just skipping stones. And it's like, if you're not sticky enough, right, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is like, Online multiplayer 101, but it's just also Activision that we're dealing with. So it's it, I look at like the amount of money Call of Duty made last year. Now that we have Warzone in the picture and mobile, and there's like so many properties. Yeah. And it's like I would see that as the time that Activision would very much not invest in something like this because they're just like Call of Duty's already earning so much for us. So I'm excited that this could potentially be a solution to this. Oh no, anti-cheat PD said on Twitter, quote. Unfortunately, the kernel driver for Call of Duty's new anti-cheat called Ricochet got leaked today, and P2C devs are already reversing it. This is already very bad. I'm not convinced on how bad it is, but uh, yeah, I, I, was, I, I saw that going around. And then tweeted again later, We talked to a reverse engineer on his thoughts on the driver, and we concluded it's nothing that special, really. They collect a lot of user information, which they did before it went kernel. Their protection to the driver is not that great, but will be reversed easily. Like, okay, <laughs> this is a roller coaster ride. With this potentially being the answer for Call of Duty or not. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of sentiment of cheaters being like, please, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat in Warzone. doesn't matter what system you can set up. And that could be just maybe, talk. Or... Maybe if, that is, if that's what you're thinking, <laughs> right. maybe like reevaluate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that particular satisfaction in yeah, gaming. Like, to be, like I want my playthrough to be as, as manufactured as possible. I want my gains, n- none of them to be earned. You know, the way the rules had, had been set. That's a passion right. that some people have. I wonder if they have a passion for that because of Call of Duty, because they like Call of Duty, or they have a passion because they know that's the number one, you know, uh, most popular game that people are playing, the, the one that's making the most revenue. They're like, these are the players I want to piss off more than anybody. I don't even like Call of Duty. I just <laughs> love making these players yeah. mad. I, I have to imagine there is some innate satisfaction in destroying such like an institution you know sure. what i mean like something so monumentally big yeah maybe not like for big but like just to like you know like it's the prestige because this is prevalent with nintendo like mm-hmm. nintendo doesn't care about like they s- make statements about cheating that's like why you can't back up saves a pokemon but like 
the Nintendo games are the most rampant cheating of anything because like no one cares, and it's like people like just like hack their leaderboards and stuff. So like the uh, like <laughs> nonchalantly, just like whatever. Here's like a fake time or here's like fake scores and stuff, and like no one cares. But like they just do it because they're like, haha, Nintendo. We're just pointing out how much you're like online sucks. So I mean, it could be also it could obviously be point point of that. Like yeah, call like Activision. You guys suck. It's like I'm doing this because you know. We know you can do better, but you're too lazy or something like that. Mm. But I also have to imagine cause how many articles I've read over the years with, like, competitive online multiplayer stuff. How, like, I feel like some people feel like it's, like, normalized and, like, so like maybe it's, like, okay. Like, everyone else is doing it. I'm just going to do it. Right. Like, there's no thing. It's, like. Well, you have to imagine that there's this domino effect of, like, somebody's really into a particular game. Maybe they spent a lot of money or they just put a lot of time in. And then they get into a match that they're really excited about and they experience cheaters. And like, this is probably somebody that never would have thought about it before, but they're like, ugh, this person wasted my time. Well, I'm going to do it too. <laughs> like, that, oh. that has to, it has Ex to be like this domino effect that just happens. Or, or yeah, you, like, you have a sense of like, I want to get, I, wanna, I know this, I recognize this player, they're doing a lot. I want to get back at them. I'm going right. to beat them at their own game. I'm right. going to use this and like see, teach them how it feels. Like, there's a whole multitude of reasons. But like, at the end of the day, if like you're like trying to just like legitimately play it, whether it's for skill or for enjoyment with your friends, like sometimes maybe you can laugh it off when it happens like an occasional, like rare thing. But right. like, what's happening every match? Pretty much, it just gets to a point where you're like, "Why bother?" Why like, bother? It, it, like especially if you like even have any semblance of trying, it just feels like so like you just you're helpless. You can't do anything. Like playing by the rules, it's like I'm just gonna go play something else because this is it, basically it's not fun anymore. Right. And yeah, it, it, it's like, but I mean, this has been going on for like since like what like, since like OG Counter Strike. I'm even older oh, than that. Yeah. This is like since day I one of PC gaming. It's like been a thing. With yes. online com like competitive games. Well, it ends today. It, <laughs> it, it is always it has yeah. always been a thing, but I think uh, uh, a point to consider is that no matter how popular your thing is, your popularity is tenuous at best. Where there are so many things competing for your attention, like there, think about how many games there have been, even in just the last three years, that have reached meteoric highs and then just yeah. kind of petered out. Like it. The audience is fickle only because they have so much competing for their attention. That's a good point. Because yeah, back in the day, you, like you had to deal with it, like, right? It's, it's or you go make a private server, but it's, right. like, it was the only game you had to play. I do wonder, like, if they will ever get to a point where because like there's obviously like money involved. There's sponsors, like 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 top players, because you see every now and then, like in a competitive scene, like even within a tournament itself, like players using like stuff like that mm -hmm. to, to 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 win. Yeah. And it's like in Call of Duty, it's like what if like a top streamer is like caught using this and stuff, and it's like it involves like money and like all this other stuff. Like I wonder if maybe like lawyers at Activision also like for the reason why they're doing this now, Jones is maybe because it's like. Hey, you know, we need to cover our asses a little bit. Oh, again, because of everything that's going on with them as well. Right. It's like, yeah, even if it, like it's not us, but like a, like a popular streamer does it or something, then they can maybe like sue us or something, or players can sue us because of like some EULA thing. I don't know, but like, it's just weird how you know, back in the day, as you were saying, it was right. like something that. The best it was like trolling. It was like like someone who was like trying to get well, a rise out of people or whatever. And now it's like yeah. people use it to like get like get good. They get sponsorships. They make it their career. And it's like holy shit. Like that's uh, it's a little yeah. intense. 
I mean, and and esports was so much less of an institution, you know, back in the days that you were yeah. you're, you're thinking of. It's not that it didn't exist, but it's it the, wasn't the, so decentralized. The kind, and the yeah. kind of there wasn't the kind of money that is involved as yeah. there is now. Yeah, for sure. Blood. If you were to pick a word that would describe cheating in PC game, one word. But do it in a way to make it sound complex, but also kind of absolve you of guilt. Like it makes it sound like interesting. It's like, oh, well, that sounds like a, a tough thing for you to deal with. What's, what's a good word? They used one word numerous times in this blog post. Oh, no. Anything jump to mind? Poopy. Sophisticated. <laughs> sophisticated. <laughs> They're like, we're dealing with a very sophisticated issue. And you're like, whoa, well... And take your time, Activision, because I don't want you to rush that. Activision, yeah, Activision that. is dealing with some sophisticated issues. <laughs> they are. They are becoming a very sophisticated company. Well, we talked about cheating in Call of Duty. I would like to move on to something else I know very little about. <laughs> FIFA. <laughs> Man, with like the Call of Duty issue, it's like okay, I have I have some semblance of what's going on. I have my foot in the door. You say FIFA, and it's like here we go. I got nothing. Oh man, I got you. I, 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 got you. I, I do love hearing FIFA stories. I got you they're, pretty, they're pretty wild. They're pretty wild. Oh, I don't know a lot about soccer, but I know about brands, baby. According to the New York Times, quote: FIFA is seeking more than double what it currently receives from EA Sports, according to people with knowledge of the talks, a figure that would increase its payout from the series to more than $1 billion for each four-year World Cup cycle. Uh, so we don't know the specifics, but there's lots of rumors out there floating that there is a serious conversation going on right now between Electronic Arts and FIFA uh, about what they are going to do moving forward, which raises the question, how much does EA need FIFA? How much does FIFA need EA? EA needs FIFA. It is yeah. it is their well, moneymaker. EA needs that franchise for sure. Do they yes. need the name? Yes. It's kind of tricky. I think yes, so. absolutely. I feel like it's historically, with maybe one or two exceptions, sports games come down to who has the license. It, <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Cam it's Weber, like one of the EA, 2K yeah. games, I think, put up a good fight at yeah. one point, and that's like, yeah. Cam Weber, EA Sports general manager, said, quote, our naming rights agreement with FIFA is separate from all our other official partnerships and licenses across the football world. So FIFA is just one, just one piece of the pie. That may be the name that's on the game, but in order to get all of those get, uh, you know, teams in there, all those divisions, all those flags, yes. all those likenesses, uh, all that stuff. Um, and they got another name. Uh, FIFA 22 launched on October 1st. Over 9.1 million players were checking it out in the first week. And on Monday of this week, EA trademark... EA Sports FC. <laughs> football club, okay. Yeah. yeah. EA Sports FC for football club, which they used for their online community in the FIFA series from 2011 to 2020. So the community already knows. They're, they've already embraced that name. Oh, we know that name. EA hmm. Sports FC. Does that roll off the shelves like FIFA? No. No, no. it doesn't have the recognizability. I mean, it, it just sounds like their backup plan. FIFA. Like a thing goes, if this goes to hell. FIFA is such powerful branding now that for many, many, many people, when you say, you know, a soccer or football game, it is FIFA. You know, like I know if you are maybe a little bit more uh, in enthusiast crowds, you'll, you might mention like PES or something like that. But like FIFA has such it's like a verb in and of itself for a type of thing that mm -hmm. people are so familiar with and come to rely on year over year that like 
it it like it I don't know and like I'm not a FIFA guy so maybe I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about but FIFA feels like essential branding that like yeah. it would crumble without it. Yeah, it's like we call it Kleenex instead of you know tissue, tissue. or, yeah. or yeah. rollerblades instead of inline skates. Yeah. It's like <laughs> FIFA instead of like soccer. It's like right. yeah, I mean not quite, but like it's in that vein. Um, but yeah, it's. It, it, FIFA asking for money. I mean, they, they think they have a, a little bit of a case there because of like how powerful that branding is. But don't also forget, coming off you know just Activision talk, FIFA is also embroiled in a bit of a scandal as well recently. Um, so I mean, EA could maybe hit back with that. It's like, hey, you know, you guys over there, uh, yeah, the, the your reputation's not you know sterling either. So maybe you want to dial it back a little bit. Well, and I bet you know your FIFA, your any sports league, you know, and you're trying to figure out how to survive the last couple of years, and then there's EA over there just making a mint. Like EA's like, oh wait, 2020, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially with the amount of us. money they make off of all of the. The microtransactions and uh, oh, oh, I mean, it's the only time yeah. I've ever been. Limitless. I mean, this yeah. isn't this isn't a, a an invitation, but it's the only time I've ever been hacked on any of my accounts and anything in gaming. My Xbox 360 account was hacked. When I, I finally got access back, there were the FIFA cards. Yep, it's like yeah. the only thing that happened. Those were big stories, man. Got a bunch of FIFAs, and so I was upset that I lost access to my account. But I was like, <laughs> I'm 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 in this story. I'm in a headline. This is kind of you know I can speak from experience. <laughs> FIFA I'm a is. FIFA fan. I feel like there are very, very, very few things in gaming where this is true, but like it's almost too big to fail in the same way that Call of Duty is too big to fail, where like you go online and you're like, everyone is complaining about this. Like it seems like no one is happy. They're pissed off for one reason or another. They're not happy with this year's version of the game. And then it is like the top selling game right. of the year, right? And so it's like mm -hmm. there are so, so, so few precious properties where that can happen that like it is it is you want to keep from a raw business perspective like in the in the sleaziest way you want to keep that running as, as best you can yeah i mean the the it's just like the, the the power even if you're not into the game it's I mean you can lose yourself for hours watching like reacting to people's videos of like cracking those packs and stuff and getting those things like the breaking a tv or something like those things like go viral all the time it's like <laughs> this thing is huge, and honestly, I, I could see probably in this case, I would guess FIFA does have the upper hand by a lot. And if EA can't afford the price tag and doesn't want to do it, I mean, there'll be someone else who's lined up because it's like, right? Mm. Well, yo, we want in on this. Like, we'll get some developer to make this. How like, we just want the license. We'll get you a developer. If, like, we just I feel want like the license. EA would if Konami be... got it. <laughs> After P all the lose, we covered. Yeah, you know, as as we frequently do when we cover you know, football. <laughs> On this show, we <laughs> talked about that last week. You know, the the launch of their new service, the what PES has become. Well, I'm thinking of like a like a, like a Tencent or like you know a, another big gaming yeah. entity mm. who does have the funding. It's like EA's nothing. Like we have way more money than them. Like EA's passing it up. The, that license, someone will grab it. I yeah. feel like EA will do and yeah. like they will sacrifice any child to <laughs> make it happen. I feel like they or were will they sacrifice children to have their own IP to have their own they're like well now we can do yeah no. yeah we have Whoever's these licenses thinking of that they is need, crazy they need, they, you don't tell yeah, us how much you're worth no, 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 we're no, electronic need, cards yeah the executive no. that has your idea Jones at EA is like don't no. listen to them that's not yeah. that's not going to work it's, it's, <laughs> no 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 it's not it's not going to work they think they're a genius like if we own the content uh, no. we'd get all the profits Suke did get the PGA um, so potentially, right. if someone's going to sweep it up, it could be them. 
I just feel like it's that's so less valuable than yeah. FIFA. Well, it's it's well, it, I think the it, the name tricky. EA had going they had Tiger Woods, right? They mm-hmm. they really oh yeah, PGA was always before. secondary. Like uh, when they did like triple play, when they did the series, you know they 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 find cl- they do find clever ways where they do make you know good series names, but I think at this point like. FIFA, like they gotta go FIFA. It's like them losing. That, that, that name you gave thing, me is yeah. not the name that's gonna be like Sports <laughs> FC. No, no, that's no. not doing it. I was like, no, um, that's not working. College football too, making a comeback. They haven't <laughs> college football in a super long time. Right. Yeah. So there are interesting times here over at, at EA. Um, it's tricky, yeah, to figure out like how much does Tiger Woods matter? How much does PGA Tour matter? How much does FIFA matter? Uh, my buddies from high school play FIFA, and they play one of my things that I respect the most about FIFA is this multiplayer mode where, like, every single person oh, on the, yeah, on the yeah. field is all a separate multiplayer character. And so they've done this for years. They have the same squad that they play with all the time. And uh, I always ask them, I'm like, do they play anything else when you talk to them? They're like, no, they FIFA, that's it. That's, like, the only yeah. video game any of that's, these people that's play. That's a lot of so, people. So yeah. I wonder, when I think about this crew, like, are they going to follow EA or are they going to follow... FIFA, if Tencent picks it up and does some weird free-to-play thing. We'll probably or... do FIFA, because like in your, to, your specific example, I think Tiger Woods is a bigger name than PGA. It's just how it is. Tiger sure. Woods was like the biggest thing to happen to golf for the longest time, and yeah. that was the face of golf. It's almost like if you did like Michael Jordan instead of NBA basketball. Like People would play a series called Michael Jordan Basketball, probably over whatever you want to call it, official NBA. Whereas Madden, it, it's like it, it's same thing. Like. People don't even probably don't even know who John Madden is anymore. And they just know it's the football game. It is the football game, and right. you get to play it. And it I don't is literally. The football and I don't even know if they yeah. people even associate with EA. Like possess like right. the average person who plays it probably doesn't even know it's like EA. Maybe they're aware of the logo, but they're like, if it went to another developer, they're like, is it still Madden? Cool, I'm getting it next year. Mm-hmm. Like I think that would be with FIFA. It's like, is that the F- new FIFA game? Okay, I don't care. Made it. Let's go. Let's play it and stuff. Yeah. Uh. On Tuesday, EA and the Global Union of Professional Football Players, FIFPro, 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 announced an extension of their contract. With the extended partnership, the developer will be able to continue using player likenesses that are supported by the football union. And this is interesting. It pops up where FIFA's like, wait a minute. This is, you're making too much money. We need some of this money if we're going to continue on. Because I've seen, like, players doing that, too. Players are like, wait, how many... How much does FIFA make? Right. Wait, how much are you making? I'm like, wait, I'm in that game, right? Shouldn't I get some of this money? So it's interesting. They said the the deal doesn't expire until the end of 2022, but it's like now is when all the heated discussions right, are right. happening. Yeah. They it, try it, to close out by the end of the year. It's so funny because just as, as a super enthusiast group that Easy Allies is, there's so much controversy over and, – and rightfully so. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but there's so much controversy over like – microtransactions and pay to win and like how things are implemented and it's like super heavily scrutinized and then like i just think of like in the other room fifa is just like throwing money in there yeah (laughs) they just keep buying it and it's you know it's like it's not the same scrutiny that is happening right there's there's so much more uh intensity in the conversation over something that is infinitely smaller yeah Well, we talk about, you know, uh, MPDs and we, we look back at months and quarters and figure, okay, this game sold more than this in a given year or, or this developer really blew up, totally ignoring the fact that, like, you know, Hard Fire, what is what is that game, that weird mobile game, or just, like, it's the biggest game in the world. I mean, it's just oh, like Crossfire? The, crossfire. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's, like... It's more PC, but yeah, yeah. But there's just, yeah, there's just some, there's just some League of Legends, there's just some, right. there, there's some games that we just, like, don't come to the conversation and they are everything. They right. are the world of right. what everybody's checking out. Uh, hey, Mr. Mr. Dates, you always get your dates right. When did FIFA start? What was the year? The first FIFA game. 
Oh, I don't know. I, like uh, I mean, say, 90s. But it was say, the 90s. I'm going to say 94. Close, 93. 93. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah. FIFA International Soccer for the Sega Genesis. Jeez. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking something along those lines. Um, and, they, and, and, and just to, you know, just for clarification, FIFA, uh, EA only said they're, quote, exploring the idea of renaming our global EA Sports football games. So maybe they won't, but we'll see. Uh, that is the third longest title partner in publisher history behind NHL in 91 and Madden way back in 1988. Do they still make NHL games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They do. Madden. Just thinking about Madden, are you excited? No, no, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, like, I was going to move on with the podcast. No, this seems like the day, a like, swell of love for Madden. Just the wonder, like you're saying, like these establishments have been around for so long. I'm like wondering when will be the year that Madden like fails. Like it has to happen at some point. It's like will it be like the year 3000 or like <laughs> I, 10 years from now. Like, like, like the most popular happens, but there's still somehow the year yeah, the Madden like, game like, like society Madden. is crumbled. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes like a like a national holiday or something. Yeah. Like that would be we remember yeah. Madden. Like, it becomes a new form of currency. Like, if you want to trade, you, like, I'll, like, I'll give you three discs of Madden 2021 for your shotgun shells. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> That'd be such a spectacular hidden joke in some post-apocalyptic movie where you yeah. see all the dates of all the games just, like, and, you know, that was the year everything fell. Like, how there's PS3s in Last of Us, you know? It's yeah. Just mm-hmm. like, but Madden continued to sell. Madden, the new Madden on sale right now. And now, a word from our sponsors. What would you do if you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt? With Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily and start living your life. If you're carrying a credit card balance month after month, it can feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of debt with no end in sight. Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. If you dread looking at your credit card statements, you're not alone. The weight of debt can be crippling, but Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at a credit score, Upstart considers other factors like your income, current employment, and credit history to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes. I have done so, tis true, for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash easyallies. That's upstart.com slash easyallies. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application, which, again, I have done, and it is quick. Upstart.com slash easy allies. Going online without ExpressVPN is like leaving your kids with the nearest stranger while using the restroom, which I know they want to sound, like, scary, but, like, I, I don't know. Depends on where I am, you know? <laughs> right. Depends on what you know, setting I'm with. I mean, can you just please, just for a second... Most of the time, it'll probably be fine, but you never really know who you're trusting. What if they're a kidnapper or a serial killer? Every time you connect to an encrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, etc., your online data is not secured. Any hacker on the same network can gain access to and steal your personal data, passwords, financial de- details, etc. doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone. Just some cheap hardware is needed. A smart 12-year-old could do it. Or somebody playing Call of Duty. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal info on the dark web. Why use ExpressVPN? 
It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. Hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It'll it'd take a it'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption again. Not a challenge. Fire up the app and click one button to get protected. Phones, laptops, tablets, and more so you can stay secure on the go. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash allies. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash allies, and you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash allies. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. One of my trusted cameras. Always looks into that camera. <laughs> like a sucker. I was just going to bring the System Shock live action series, which I'm excited about because I'm a System Shock fan. Yeah? All those Bioshock fans over there, and I'm in the corner like, System Shock. <laughs> um, but we got a bunch of things that are like being optioned, some things, companies that are potentially just gobbling up more things. Video game properties are so popular now not only are they being announced that we're you know getting more tv shows and stuff like that a lot of these are just being optioned which means they're just like we're gonna take a look we get first look I meaning if anybody wants in on that we get our first pick we're not even sure if we like it yet which is crazy we're throwing money at you we don't even know what we're buying uh binge and night dive studios uh is working on uh this citadel or sorry this system shock um Live action series, which hopefully will take place on Citadel Station. Your Mass Effect experience crept in there. It's, <laughs> yes. it's called Citadel Station, but yeah, I got, definitely got Citadel on the brain. Um, uh, Binge's streaming service will launch in 2022. Binge. Binge. Is Binge a name? Did you know they had a streaming? There's a streaming service called Binge. I feel like there's something called Binge that already existed. This you know what? Re Bing, maybe we were thinking of. No, I know. <laughs> that's okay. If there's one thing the world needs, it is another streaming service. We <laughs> yeah. are in. Perfect. We, yeah. Yes. Just. I got. Whew. I got nine ninety nine. I'm looking to burn on something per month. Please, <laughs> somebody, please <laughs> give me a month free and then start charging me. Um, <laughs> do you know what Binge and uh, is also adapting? Do you know what they also got Driver. Wow. Yeah. Boy, they're picking the oldies. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I love Driver. I don't know if I would love a Driver TV it show. It sounds like this Binge guy is uh, like really familiar with System Shock, though. Right? System Shock, I would, I, I could dig into. Any mm -hmm. System Shock fans? But I'm saying like the guy that's like on their side of things. I've only dabbled in, in System Shock. Does it require too, a budget, a big budget to realize it? Um, it, you do can, you think this service will have that budget? You could pull this off. You could do you could, like you think of like remember like Cube, you know, like there's some horror films that like right. in, like the point of it is they intentionally have a very small budget, very like repetitive yeah. set. Yeah, you know, they're 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 doing a lot with lighting. They're doing a lot with forced perspective and stuff. Well, you could kind of you could potentially pull it off. It's like a Star okay. Trek: The Next Generation just had a hallway, but like they made it work. You know, like <laughs> what if we shoot it from the other direction? I think you can make that's what that. that's what lower decks was supposed to be just a hallway, right? <laughs> lower deck. Yeah, like a lot of the best <laughs> is super low budget. Yeah. Um, just super low light. Uh, just basically, System Shock is is obviously very alien. You know, you're waking up on a on mm -hmm. a ship and everything's going wrong. But like, so many things are going wrong. Uh, the the ship hates you. There's zombies roaming around, screaming at you. Yeah. There's robots you got to fight. Um, but just a very fun mood. And again, you know, the the shock in that is you know carried over into the Bioshock series, which made a lot more money. But uh, an interesting dig. What do you well, think? A is lot more success. The fact that the series right. is kind of crazy, right? Like, it's not just a one-off movie. Correct. Um, it is produced by Alan Unger, who directed and co-wrote that Uncharted fan film. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Nope. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Nathan, actually had Nathan Fillion. Did I Fillion. see it? Uh, Nathan Fillion was Nathan I didn't, didn't jumping around it. a house. Beating <laughs> people up. Uh, Night Dive Studios, Stephen Kick and Larry Cooperman will serve as executive producers. Um, is this like the best time ever to like option your properties for a video game to try to get something made? Or is it just like, has the bubble already burst and nobody has seen it yet? Or like, it has, it's out of control. It has burst yet. No, no, no. I, I feel it, like it, we are we are finally hitting the point. Yeah, yeah. Like within culture, where where video game adaptations, whether it be television shows or movies, are are actually significantly breaking through, and it's like that break is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I, I think we've finally uh, pierced it in a way yeah. that we have struggled for a long time. I mean, these streaming services are falling over each other trying to like yeah. bid on all yeah. these properties. So <laughs> I mean, yes, it's like, hey, system shock, sure. Dude, there's gonna be like some high budget Jelly Boy movie. That's <laughs> yes. So yeah. So Unger is the producer and chief content officer for Binge, so that's where he fits into all of this. And you were saying a big System Shock fan? Well, yeah. He he. Somebody there must be. Yeah, he seems to be seems to be familiar. But if yeah, if he since he also did that Uncharted thing, it kind of makes sense. But well, it's, it's a, we're, they're also doing the System Shock remake, and so it is kind of like a, a yeah. point of mm-hmm. revival for System Shock right now. Yeah. Not sure if I see that driver revival happening, but a System right. Shock revival would be sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ2 Entertainment is also a name that you might know. DJ2 Entertainment? Ring a bell? No. They work on Dance Dance Revolution. They worked on Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, okay. They made that Sonic oh. the Hedgehog movie. Same series. Uh, they're also working on Life is Strange. Oh, uh, that series, um, and my friend Pedro, and Disco wow. Elysium, and Tomb Raider, and Sleeping Dogs, uh, and then they figured, yeah, that's, that's that's not enough. We want more. Um, they have struck up a deal with Raw Fury. Uh, they are bringing Shedworks' Sable, Monkey Moon, uh, and Black Muffin's Night Call, which is a taxi game. Mm. You know Sable, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and Krillbite Studios Mosaic to film and television. Okay. Um, apparently, they have their sights set on that, and they have a first look deal, first look partnership with Out of the Blues, Call of the Sea, Long Hat Houses, Dandara, Lame Studios, The Signifier, and Geography of Robots, Norco. I'm going to make a prediction. It's a lot of weird stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. We are not that far away, like, I don't know, maybe five years, maybe 10 years, where there will be a streaming service that only streams video game adaptations, <laughs> movies and TV I mean, shows. Ben's that will happen. Remember the like day. Remember the yeah. podcast episode. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> like it says, Binge is focused on making high-quality entertainment content for gamers. Like, it's crazy. It does say they'll be streaming for free, supposedly, when they launch. So... Well, is that what we gamers want? Ready, that type of entertainment. Ads. Do we play video games to immediately then go to entertainment to experience more video game stories, or do we want? It it, um, it can be valuable to have a different perspective on something that you love, right? And so, like, I'm not gonna hold it up as a great piece of cinema or anything, but I had a good time at the Sonic Hedgehog movie. I had a good yeah. time at Detective Pikachu. Sometimes it's nice to just have fun with things that you either currently care about or have cared about. And I don't see, think there's anything wrong with that. What about like a, an MCU world where you're liter- there's literally a video game film in theaters every week? Like, just there's never not something <laughs> in theaters right now that you could potentially go see. Yeah. It's too much. Maybe. I mean, that, yeah, once, I mean, if Marvel and comics could be where they are now. Like, <laughs> if video games are, are like, I think historically have been in a much 
a power a place of probably more like prestige i would say potentially like and it's, they they definitely I think achieve faster like widespread like cultural phenomena than yeah. than comics. I mean, not to just comics have a long, rich history, and like not to like you know knock them at all. I just think video games got there a little bit faster, and so yeah, I would not be surprised that someday like one of the biggest movies of the year, yeah, um, because or, or not. I mean, that's kind of happened. Sonic was already kind of like that, and there's been a few like near things, but like not just like the biggest movie of the year, but like something that becomes a massive franchise, absolutely. That like is a tentpole event is based on a video game. I could, right. that it has to. That's gonna it, happen. I mean, I kind of feel like you know, not maybe not to those heights, but I do feel like Resident Evil movies kind of hit that in a way. You know, they're, they're like they, were they successful, just yeah. They, yeah, they they were successful. They kept bringing them out. They didn't really have to have anything to do with the game releases. Yeah. It was its own snowball, basically. That Mario movie is going to make all <laughs> yeah. of the money. <laughs> it, I mean, it's not. It, it really isn't that hard. If you want to be deeply cynical, it is not that hard to imagine this hypothetical future where the only thing in theaters are superhero movies and video game movies. You can, you can picture it. Yeah. Well, I, I, can, I can see... You have something like Tomb Raider. Where then you make a movie that kind of looks like the game that's coming out, mm-hmm. and like that makes sense to me. That's I, I even think like some stuffy Hollywood executive would be like Lara Croft. That sounds familiar, you know. Mm-hmm. But going in and picking up things like Call of the Sea and Dandara and the Signifier, like I wonder what is yeah, what's happening. I wonder what's happening. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what like that one out of all of these properties, I, Raw Fury specifically too. I just had a thought. So Squid Game, right? blowing the it. fuck up <laughs> like breaking records people are it's it's GTA crazy 5 huge. mods with like the, the, the machine gun girl and everything. I, I wonder <laughs> if like people are sitting there twirling their mustaches and being like what if we did like a live action Rapa to capitalize on Squid right. Game potential or something like that sure. or if they're like they're going to take these trends and see if they can like force a video game in that direction I don't know I mean GTA right there. I mean, there's your, there's your crazy blockbuster. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which and and that's in, I think Hauser. I don't know if it was Rockstar, but I believe Hauser specifically again and again was like, never. What's the point? I'm having way too much fun making games. I don't want to do. He said that would be a waste of time for me to have to bother with some studio, to, <laughs> for me to have to like answer their questions and deal. No, I'm gonna go make my own thing. But you know, he's out. So interesting to see if that's something that yeah. The Rockstar needs to win. They need to make some money at that company, I tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just, I feel bad because you said that Binge is in their mission statement. And like, I don't want the bubble to burst on these people and have them be like, oh, I don't no. think the bubble is going to burst. But at the same time, like, the properties they're going after are just they're yeah. really interesting. Sable, you know, what interesting. Is that the perfect thing for to be animated or is that taking away from what the game is? I don't know. I, I, can, I wonder if, like, at. Film festivals, there's like disgruntled filmmakers just sitting around smoking and drinking. It's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, make a game, I guess. I guess that's what you do now. You make a video game and then they call you. To, to be a filmmaker, do you not have to be disgruntled? Is that not a yes. prerequisite? Yes. That's true. But it's been a long time since I graduated from film school. I'm going to do my best to catch up with everything that has been happening. It used to be I could just talk about Google and Apple and Epic. That was it. I could just talk about these weird companies making stupid decisions, and then we'll see what happens with lawyers. Now the organizations are getting in trouble, and now companies are going after each other. But I digress. Let's start with Google. Um, first, 
Did anyone in this table know that the this whole plot that Epic has been doing this entire time, where they completely knew that Apple and Google, that they're going to go against their policies and then we're going to sue them and start this entire case. This whole thing is called Project Liberty. This sounds like something people with too much money and power would... That, sounds, that, that does not this surprise me. This is like... It's no, like what it's called. Say it. like, yeah. I, I've what? never heard those words put For together. For some reason, I'm reading articles. Today. Today. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Where it's just everyone's like, well, you know, blah, 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 Project Liberty. I'm like, Project what? I guess that's like what it's been called internally, or like that's what people call it now. Yeah, that's like the whole thing. You're way too self important at this yes, point. The, Come that, on. Yeah, that's what it, yes. It was way <laughs> Throwing too the hammer, you know, black and white banana commercials, <laughs> the trailer that they released, all that stuff. Free it's Fortnite. Like it's all Project Liberty. How much people are suffering in so many different ways in this current year and they're like <laughs> yeah. this is our liberty go. fight go. it's like yeah. good god i'm getting two timestamps out of it on this week's podcast uh. here we go um well google's doing something apple didn't do google's suing them google's countersuing filed on october 11th google is now using the apple playbook against epic and i want to bring this up with you because you've worked on mini game champions <laughs> So you know that yeah, that's the second person that goes always has an advantage. So Google is now going into this, following everything that Apple has done, learning from their mistakes. Quote, on August 13, 2020, Epic breached the Google Play developer distribution agreement between Epic and Google, dated June 12, 2020, by allowing Fortnite users who download the app through Google Play to use Epic's own payment processing tool instead of Google Play billing, which Epic knew they were going to do, but Google's calling them out for it. Google further... Uh, uh, says the Fortnite transactions processed through Epic's own payment processing tool, Google has paid nothing for its intellectual property or app distribution. Uh, this is so pointed. I love it. Not satisfied with those immense profits, it entered into a legal agreement, a DDA, they're called, with Google, to which it never intended to comply, deceiving Google and concealing its true intentions to provoke a legal and public relations confrontation that continues to this they day. They weren't that concealed, but okay. Right. <laughs> and, it's, and they specifically say in quotes, Mr. Sweeney's vision of an oncoming metaverse. Google said it, not Sweeney. They put it in Sweeney's mouth. Um, so they're specifically saying that little, that little sneaky move that uh, Epic did to start this entire thing. Google's like, we got you there. You signed something that said you weren't going to do that knowing you were. And, that's that, and, and they're, so they're asking for a, um, uh, a um, jury trial. So it's going to be really interesting if juries like... Because the judge said it, too, when the judge was like, I see what you're doing, Epic. You might have a point, and yes, you might get some legal, you know, uh, this to go your way legally just in this one case. But it is so obvious that you're only doing this for monetary gain. You're not, you're not, there's no liberty. Get out of here with your Project Liberty, certainly. Um, and Tim Sweeney conceded in trial testimony that on August 5th, 2020, he emailed Microsoft to announce that, quote, Epic has certain plans for August <laughs> and later added that they would, quote, enjoy the upcoming fireworks show. Uh, and so, yeah, they're like, come on, this is not this is not something where he's like, I'm looking out for all of these people, the other people that aren't developers that, at Epic to make more money. Uh, Google wants a trial by jury. It wants its right to remove Fortnite and terminate Epic's developer account under the terms the developer agreed confirmed. With regards to that agreement, Google wants Epic found liable for breach of contract as well as breach of good faith. And it wants the courts to declare Epic was unjustly enriched by its actions and give that money back to Google. And, of course, quote, uh, compensatory damages, punitive damages, attorney's fees, and interest. Does Google have a shot? 
Yeah. It sounds like they just basically called out what they very publicly did. I don't I don't know. You know, like I'm not a legal expert, but I don't I don't know how they would fail on that. It just sounds like yeah, this is this is what Epic did and uh it breaches our contract and so we want our money now. But it's for the fight contracts be damned. I'm fighting the good fight here. For Whoever users, wins, we lose. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like this is just two big rich companies. Transformers like, running around. Who give like come on. Yeah. It's it's hard to have any emotional investment in it. Right. Um, it's just interesting. It's it's getting so convoluted, and now it's interesting bringing Google into it because you're like, okay, well, just whatever they figured out with Apple, that'll apply to the Google case, and we'll be done with it. And it's Google's like, no, 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 we're right. gonna. Well, I'm pretty sure much more there are still. This. Yeah, there's still the other lawsuit against Google going on somewhere. It just yeah, they're just. It's crazy. It's crazy to think how many lawyers have to be involved, and how many cases that are happening at any given time. Between these lawyers, among lawyers. these three companies, I wonder what like U.S. companies are just like always being sued, just all the time. You know, you're you're, you're, you're beginning some case and you're ending right. another case, oh and you're gosh. just like, well, that's just this is what we do. The DFEH is uh, a term that you might have heard. Uh, that is the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Um, that is, um, uh, sorry, those Department of Fire Emblem heroes, but it's okay. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> Not that's right. Also, uh, also we will very, defend the wife. Very, pa- very yeah. powerful. Project <laughs> Liberty. I mean, like Project this is like more. Project right. Liberty. Go name new Fire Emblem game. Let's right. go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not Sorry. doing a lot for game development in California, sadly, uh, as much as maybe they could. Um, but uh, uh, the DFEH is the people who originally knocked on Activision's door to start mm-hmm. all of this. Thank you, Bloodworth. Um, uh, they are a. They're objecting to a proposed settlement between Activision Blizzard and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which I mentioned before, the EEOC. So this is what, uh, so we, the DFEH were the first people that rang the bell and said, hey, Activision Blizzard's been screwy. We are uh, calling them out. We're going to bring in legal action. And then just a couple weeks ago, they were like, oh, we settled with the EEOC. We were like, huh? And it was like, yeah, this was something else that was going on, but it's settled. Um, The original people, the DFEH, are settling, setting and going, no, we don't like the settlement. It would involve employees releasing Activision Blizzard from claims under California state law, even though the EEOC has no standing to prosecute those violations. DFEH's pending enforcement action against Activision Blizzard will be harmed by uniformed waivers that the proposed decree makes conditional for victims to obtain relief. So these are two <laughs> these are two California institutions that are going after Activision Blizzard and are now going after each other. Well, I think the EEOC is not California, but it's not. Yeah, yeah that is the government, yeah, correct? Public institutions of some sort, but yeah, it's. Well, and then you have the the part two of this nonsense. Oh, where the EEOC has accused the DFEH of an ethics violation. Yeah, yeah. This is bureaucratic hell. I yeah. know what. So apparently, the 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 the, the DFEH. I get it lawyers. now. <laughs> well, I know. I get it yeah. now. But I can, I like... can explain it to you again, Tommy. If no, you really I, want. No, they were originally gotta... working for the EEOC, yeah. right? And now they're working on this case, and it's a, a whole like cro- crossing too many lines. It's such a, a giant mess. It's you just know, a giant mess. You know who also doesn't want to be talking about this right now, Damiani? <laughs> PC Gamer, who found PC a document Gamer. filed last week 
by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, that points out the two leading lawyers on the suit filed by the Department for Employment and Housing in California also previously worked for the EEOC and specifically investigated Activision Blizzard prior to the $18 million settlement made last week between the two parties to resolve charges of discrimination. If this is proven to be true, it is a conflict of interest, a violation of attorney ethics, and a breach of the California Rules of Professional Conduct, according to the filing. This just sucks because like it's taking attention away from like the issue of like yeah, Activision. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. The, the, like was this like like Activision plan this type of shit to like distract from the thing? It's like <laughs> is is this not stu- just another case of it's rotten all the way through? Like, yeah, like what the hell? Like I mean, it's multiple systems of like corruption just you know coming to the surface at this point. It's like everything's just like screwed, man. But what I don't know, like this. <sighs> I, yeah, I hope they get their acts together so that they can get back focused on going after Activision for Blizzard and any other things they uncover on the, there because this type of stuff just makes you think that like they're gonna get away with it. Like, they're, they're, like in the end, like even with the settlement, like oh, we'll have Absolutely. to even go back on well, that. that. There's something yeah, wrong with the settlement. So now the settlement's not even on the table anymore. There's nothing. Well, if you're on wondering who to root for, again, I'm not gonna, you I, know, I'm not gonna buy the jerseys for you. But the EEOC is going after the DFEH for just hey, that guy worked for that guy. DFEH is saying that the thing that you got EOC is not enough. They're like, we need to punish Activision more. Well, the main thing that they're concerned about is... So not to pick sides, but there's they're... There's a... Essentially, part of the settlement is, is requires them to kind of change the records, and they're like, wait, 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 it's, you're going to be hiding evidence that we need for our case. Correct. And so, a lot of stuff still going on. Yeah, so it's a whole lot of craziness. The complaints include the fact that Activision Blizzard workers were not consulted, uh, the lack of promised documentation, the complete absence of the employee notice that the consent decree promises, the paltry $450, the paltry $450 per person legal fund for potential claimants, the lack of clarity as to who will be handling settlement claims, the comparatively minuscule payment, $18 million is pennies to Activision Blizzard, that is an official quote, the fact that EEOC claims Activision Blizzard is not being punished despite the company's obvious malfeasance, obviously punishable malpractice, and a lot of procedural complaints. So again, it's yes. a lot of legal but True. it's like that's specifically what they're saying. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's like how much now now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of like, you know, how much what is our pound of flesh? Like how do we how do we even this out? We didn't realize, or at least I didn't, that we're gonna have to go through all of these government agencies first and have them yell at each other. Yeah, it's like the movies when like the, the police show up and do something and then the FBI shows up later and they're like, we're taking we over this. the investigation yeah. here. <laughs> like, I like in the movies when they can tell like, before I they get out of the car. Like, they yeah. just see the cars driving up and oh, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> DFH was like, oh, no, it's the OCCOC shit. Guess uh, we'll get back to Fire Emblem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they're playing in their cars. Yeah. They all play Fire Emblem. <laughs> My character's level 90 <laughs> back down. <laughs> Whoa. They brought ranged this. units. Okay. <laughs> you play that new uh, EAFC game? <laughs> <sighs> All right. All right. Also this week, Rockstar officially announced the GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition or whatever it's called. Yeah, we knew they trailer? were going to make this. Yeah. The trailer was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. The, that, that gameplay they showed. Woof. It, it's funny how... Stuff. 
much less of an impact the official announcement had than the leak. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that, we all knew that was my reaction. Is like because their announcement wait, was that it exists. We like, we didn't know this. But yeah, I mean, so. I, but even when I saw the announcement, I was still questioning. Like, wait, they're like definitive edition. It's like, well, what does that mean? What are you? They didn't they, even say what you, it was. They just said, yeah, that thing, and we're doing that thing. It's no, like well, they, they there elaborated were articles on saying it. it was some crazy remaster. And what do you? They elaborated on it a little bit, but vaguely. They essentially said. We're updating it, but it's still the classic thing you love. Right. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I hope there is a streamer mode in there oh, for all the music for, the music. Oh, for yeah. practical yeah. reasons, but yeah. also I hope they have fun with it, mm-hmm. where they right. put on some like really crazy library music just to like poke fun at the situation. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV has surpassed 24 million players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is well, the is. most profitable Final well, Fantasy game. Well, ca- uh, Accounts, I would guess, and that includes free trials. Of course, mm. yeah. I mean, and it, yeah, WoW players were the same thing when they kept touting, you know, how many players they had over the years. You were like, well, yeah, people that forgot that they have WoW accounts. Like, didn't Square say that like in the future they will spare no expense when yep. it comes to fourteen? Oh boy, well? yeah. So, you, 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 I was you, there. For your this. game made it big. I, I was, I was mm. literally there for this. Uh, if you have a PlayStation Network ID, apparently you can apply for a chance to buy a PlayStation Five from Sony. <laughs> That's cool. Only took they've a been year or doing so no. They've been doing stuff like this throughout the year. I just I haven't kept an a, kept up on the process. But yeah, they've been doing like little weird little cues and stuff like that. I think this well, is a more permanent the PS thing. Direct things or something different. Um, I don't. I like don't the know. The one the where Wario tweets out like the if yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you get the invite. So is this, this, do dif- this? this is I don't somehow? know. Like, is this? Di- I thought this was like you just on your PlayStation just hit a button. I'm interested in a, it, on a yeah. PS4. Like, I'd like a PS5. We'll notify you it, at some point. It seems to be not just like a thing we're you know some special event we're doing right now, but this is kind of like we'll, we'll be Sony's process moving forward, hmm. which there is no perfect way to get a PlayStation Five. Uh, you can now buy experience boosters in Avengers, which they said mm-hmm. we were not going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they coincided that perfectly with their big Game Pass rush being on Xbox now. And so, yeah. boy, Avengers seems to be a series of good decisions. <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> good decisions made at good times. Uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi announced his departure from Sega, which was rumored but is now official. Yeah, it's Damn. it's uh, it's pretty nuts. I mean, obviously the series is in good hands, regardless. But he's been there a long time. Yeah, been there a very very long time. Essential figure. I don't think because the the message we saw was from the the studio. Uh, he wasn't the only one. I forget the name of the other guy. Um, Correct. Another one of the leaders. But uh, as far as I know, have they confirmed what they're doing? And they just said we're going off to. We we heard the rumors about them getting. Mm-hmm. Sato. Yeah, I was leaving the studio as well. But I don't know if they've confirmed what they're actually doing. I have not seen any specifics yet worth reporting. Um, I mean, that's pretty end. common, though. Where there NetEase, is, right? That was who was There is a space between a departure and an announcement yeah. of a yeah. right. new thing. So, uh, MOBA Network bought Reset Era for 4.5 mil. Didn't know that's what Reset Era was worth. Don't know what MOBA Network's going to do with it. We will see. Uh, Riot Games disabled League of Legends all chat. Yeah. <laughs> Gone. Uh, they that, a toxic chat. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cheaters and, and toxic gamers. Uh, that, yeah. Solutions we are looking for, and that's well. We'll see if that works for right games. IO it's, Interactive. Sorry, it, it, it's just so sad when like truly the only effective way of just, combating this stuff is yeah, just, just getting just, rid of it. <laughs> like just everybody, you, be quiet. You, the, we you won't stop, so you can't talk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
IO Interactive made 78 mil in their last fiscal year, 136% increase in the previous year. Good for them. Um, curious how much they're going to be able to spend on how much of that is going to go into bond and how much uh, oh, right. they're going to be able to. They they move said along. it was a, a record for them, right? Though, like it's it's not just that they were better than last year, which we would expect with a new release, but they're actually in a really good spot. Interesting company to to to, to watch next couple of years. Might not hear from them for a while. Uh, the last Sweet Coden game has apparently received a full translation, which I was extremely happy about. Monster Hunter Rise and Sunbreak will not have cross save or cross play. Yeah, it's which, bullshit. Which is, yeah, I mean it I is. don't know. I don't know. I no, don't, it is. I don't code these things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how hard it is. I don't know. But they really were just like, yeah, we looked into it, but no. It was uh, it was a it was a meager explanation, to yeah. say the least. Because it was just a. Tweet right? Yeah, they haven't even like, been oh, elaborating on that. We hear you guys, but not this time. Yeah. Uh, Annapurna and Heart Machine Solar Ash, which we just talked about in our Q4 preview, was delayed to December second. Uh, yeah. that was your that was your pick. So yeah, you busy but not December second? Far off. So it's still yeah. in Q4, so yeah. it still qualifies. Still applies. Fallout 3 Goatee Edition no longer installs game for Windows live dependencies. <laughs> which, wow. wow, yeah, that was a that was a history lesson. I went back wow. and read up on that as somebody who just does not have a live experience games Fallout. I did not know. Windows. I did not know. I yeah. knew about games for Windows Live. I remember all of that. I did not know Fallout 3 I, I was had, kind of <laughs> such a horror. In the I eye had of that the storm. physical version of Fallout 3 on PC that had games for Windows Live. Yeah. Uh, MiHoYo attempted a crossover event with Elon Musk for Genshin Impact. And the fans were like, no, no, yeah, no. They had some weird, like, social media name takeover where, like, the name of their account was taken over. And they were like, if we get this many likes or follows or something, we'll change the name back. And there's a gal named Ella Musk in the game. Oh, no. That, like, is also, like, into, like, oh. tech and stuff. Oh, and they were like, hey, it's his long, long. And fans were like, don't say it. Don't say it. And they were like, yeah, they're kind of related. And maybe she can help. Elon Musk. It was. It Did just, you ever? They just threw all of it in the trash. They were like, "Just forget we brought up okay, any of right. that." Someone finally made a smart call. Yeah. Do you ever just hear like kind of irrelevant, dumb stories that make you generally depressed about the state of the world every week? Yeah. <laughs> I hope someone options this for a movie. Speaking of trying something and maybe thinking about doing it later, Ghost Recon Frontline's planned closed beta is being pushed back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's a, and no 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 reasoning. They were just like, yeah, that thing we were gonna do that everyone I, hates. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that now. Maybe we'll bring it back later when all of you have calmed down. I just I just like had space. Like I was just on Twitch and I'm like, oh the 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 Ghost Recon event is happening. I'll tune in. And I like I was there when they announced it, and I was just like, <laughs> I, really? Come on, man. Epic Games acknowledged their imposter mode was inspired by Among Us. Oh, uh, really? And that has gone, right. Uh, and gone even further that they're now teasing, maybe they're going to collaborate on something. Yeah. Which, that does make me happy. That, like, I, I hope that was the Among Us team. I hope they called. They were like, hey, got on the phone. It's clear what needs to happen. Barry Mode's world record speed run of Spelunky, that held for eight years, apparently is illegitimate. Uh, they confessed. And a remake of oh. Joan Mack was announced, 2022. Joe, Joe and Mac, the cavemen return. Mm -hmm. Was their last game back then? Have they had anything in the time since? There, well, there is a sequel for sure, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's been anything. Joe and Mac's gonna become a big movie. <laughs> oh. Either that or just caveman platformers. I want to it take is. off. In yeah. Joe and Mac's gonna be a big one. Cool. Calling it now. Let's play a game. Woo! 
know there's less impact when the lights don't go. <laughs> the music's playing and I'm digging it. <laughs> the classiest hobo Wait, gave is us this, this one. Is this Love and Respect? It no, used to be in Love and Respect. We just, take, we just play games on our own now. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. I'm not caught up. Love and Respect oh, is for serious discussions. Okay, okay. All right. We're playing a game now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Name that Mario Party minigame challenge no, part two. I'm not going to Not again. You used one. Not You remember it, do yeah, you? We did the first one. We used part one of this game way back when Super Mario Party came out in October of 2018. Remember 2018? Nope. In honor of the upcoming Mario Party Superstars, I created a bunch of new questions. I took one mini game from each main Mario mainline Mario Party and created a quiz. I provided a description of the game and three options, so it's multiple choice. Okay, that for what is each game necessary. is named. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. From the first Mario Party, four players work together to keep a key away from the Koopas. Yes. One player holds the key and the other player runs defense. Is it A, hide the key? B, B, key party, or C, keep away? Oh. Keep away. Keep away, yeah. That's first, my answer. I'll go off the first one. Keep away! So you're wrong. Meh. For Mario Party 2, can you still look at my laptop? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I got it wrong! For Mario Party <laughs> <laughs> What yeah, the hell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I immediately disproves that. Well, that's yeah. why you were looking at my laptop. For Mario Party 2. Players wear barrels and attempt to sneak past a chain chomp, moving only when he is sleeping and hiding in the barrels when awake. Is this A, sneak and snore, B, barrelly there, or C, wake the chain? I'll go with the first one. I'm going to go with A. First one. a. Yep. It is A. Good names, though. Classy. They don't pick your name, Classy Fobo. Don't feel bad. For Mario Party 3, teams of two compete to eat their halves of a pizza faster than the other team. Is it A? I want a pizza. Devour, B for pizza's sake, or C eats a pizza. Uh, two. B, yeah. B eats a pizza. Come oh on, Nintendo, God. stop being too obvious. For Mario Party Four, players are on a frozen pond and must avoid snowballs oh, thrown yes. by snowmen. Last player standing wins. This. Is this A snowball standoff, B Mr. Blizzard's Mr. Blizzard's Brigade, or C ice pond pummel? Shit. C. A. A. You're all wrong. Mr. Blizzard's Brigade. Oh, wow. Don't know the name, but we've definitely played it. It was fun. From Mario Party 5, teams of two jump alternately alternatively on platforms and operate can openers. The first team to open their can wins. Is this A, can-do spirit, B, Mario can-can, or C, canned goods? Um, goods? B. A. Damiani got it. Mario can-can. Wow. I'm going with, now I'm going by Nintendo Logic. Saucy. We got a lot more. Mario Party 6. Players ride snowboards and attempt to complete to complete their most mid-air spins by hitting buttons in a specific order. A, Snow World, B, Slick Tricks, or C, Slide and Spin. Hmm. B. B? B. A, Snow World. Snow World. Snow as in a whirl. You're oh whirling around. A whirl. I thought it was world. Sorry. Oh. Oh, yeah. wait. Does yeah. that change The whole right. thing is rigged. Okay. Yeah. I'll spell these for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From Mario Party 7. Pink booze land on numbers displayed pink on screen. Pink booze? What are you drinking, Jones? Pink b- What's pink, in that cup? Pink booze. You got pink booze? We got pink booze. They land on numbers displayed on screen. <laughs> Mathematician water. Ma- uh, players must speak into the mic saying the number. Is this A, Calcu Creeper? B, Spooky Speech? Or C, Mathmortician? B. Mathamortician. What is A again? Calcu Creeper. I'll go with A. A? Mathmortician. C. Oh. Dang. 
I don't know. I'm loving this. For Mario Party 8, players avoid lava balls that multiply and move around a platform. The last player standing wins. Dude, this one was hard. This is A, Firewalkers, B, Lava or Leave Them, or C, Fervor, Fever Fervor. B. B. I also think B. Lava or Leave Them, yes. Correct. For Mario Party 9, player must grab vines and shake the Wiimote to pluck vegetables from the ground. The player who picks the most wins. Is this a divine duel? That's D E vine. You know, like a like a vine, mm-hmm. like that grows. Ben just makes D vine. Not spell like... spell it. <laughs> B vegetable or C tuber tug. Uh, B. A. A. It's tuber tug. Although vegetable <laughs> is clearly the be- wow. vegetable. Wow. I thought tuber would be too weird, but I yeah. guess not. Yeah. I thought that too. For Mario Party 10, players must shoot at piranha plants as they come out of pipes, scoring points based on the color. Is this A, pipe sniper, B, piranha points, or C, pipe plant pop? A. A. C. Pipe sniper, yeah. Ah. That's a good name. From Super Mario Party, players grab pancakes from a plate. (laughs) Regular pancakes are worth one point. Pancakes with stars are worth three points. I remember this. Yep. Is this A, like hotcakes, B, can take pancake, or C, Flapjack Frenzy. Flapjack Frenzy. I think frenzy. it's C. Yeah, I think it's B. C. Can take pancake. No! <laughs> what? <laughs> no! I thought for sure that one was C. We even, wow. Yeah, we played it recently and we forgot it. I mean, all of these could be wrong. This could be a gigantic troll. We'll find out next week. Bowser's Big Blast. That's the only one I know. <laughs> Where's Bowser's Big Blast? They know. From Mario Party Superstars, originally from Mario Party 3, a one versus three game. Three players ground pound palm trees to try to knock coconuts onto a single player below. Is this coconut A, coconut conch, B, beach bruise, or C, palm tree pummel? Palm tree pummel. Palm tree pummel. Coconut conch. A. I don't Mm. know who won that one. Oof. We all lost. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like... Uh, just like the Apple case. All right. <laughs> it is now time for love and respect. Spell it, please. <laughs> love and respect. Nice. From JG. First, I'd like to congratulate Ben on his excellent Metroid Dread review. You guys are truly the best in the biz. This leads to my question. I beat Metroid Dread yesterday, and I loved it. I'm pretty certain this is my favorite Metroid. I saw others agreeing with this sentiment. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, calling something that just came out one of the greatest games ever made feels weird. Mm. Even though many like it more than the legendary game Super Metroid, how come the passage of time has such an effect on our perception of games? Do you feel like a game should be a bit older before it can be said with certainty that it is among the best ever? This is a really good question because I actually went through the same thing with Metroid Dread where I was at a point where I was like, I think this might be my Metroid favorite Metroid game, and I feel weird for saying that. And, yeah, I love this question because I just went through the sensation, and I, I think the, the, the there's two things. The first is the honeymoon phase where, like, I, I think when you spend time or money on something, like, you you naturally want to like it, right? Yeah. Like, you, you could be spending that time or money on anything, but you're choosing to spend it on this thing. And so I think there, there's that natural inclination to have it. But I also think with the passage of time, right, especially if you're very invested in the medium, like we are, you get opposing arguments. You get perspectives that maybe you hadn't, think, you hadn't thought of as you were going through it that kind of test or reaffirm uh, what you already feel. And so I think when you maybe don't have that pushback uh, as you're personally going through it, uh, maybe it leaves more room for doubt. 
I think yeah, I think time helps. It's good to not I think find write a review script in one pass. It's good to just like, kind of like get up from the chair and walk away and just like come back like ah mm-hmm. and like reorganize your thoughts. Um, but yeah, this is like the Michael Huber Hall of Greats approach. He brought God of War one time, the new God of War, and I was like, oh, it's just not getting in because of this. Because mm-hmm. this like it probably sh- very much so should be in the Hall of Greats, but just it just happened. Right. It's tough. Yeah, I, I think there is that that sense of things sometimes being a little too fresh. Yeah, and and it's like you just you want to see just like does it feel as memorable, you know, in a couple of years' time, or or you know, do you kind of go back? And it, and it's hard because it's like you you've also had like the sort of sense of like well, I've I've known this other game for fifteen twenty years, <laughs> so you like just, like just the weight of that. And then comparing something new, and it's like, yes, there are improvements, but then there are other things that it doesn't quite do that I like as much. Um, so yeah, so I think it just takes time to sort of sort that all out in your head. Um, and a lot of these things work both ways, right? Like, you've played this game 15 times, but you've just played this game once. Mm-hmm. So what do you happens after you play it, you know, five more times? Do you right. still feel as strongly about it? Do you still, you know, do you start to see the holes in it? Uh, it yeah. So it's definitely, I think it's just a lot of different different things. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I agree with both the points pretty much. Um, I, I just think it's like I, mean, I think it's fine to say initially that you think it's like one like one of the greatest games ever made. It's just, and I don't think you should discount newer games either. I mean, I think for me it was pretty evident that. Like game like Breath of the Wild, it's like as soon as I finished this, I was like, yeah, this game is just gonna be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's like it doesn't matter how much times I need to pass, like it's yeah. gonna be cl- like it's it's very clear. I, I I think though, yeah, the thing is like giving like I think it's just how we function as human beings. It's like you just it just takes time. It takes time to as Bloodworth said to process your thoughts, but also like it it takes time to like you can't you, you if you replay a game like ten times in the span of a week or whatever like. That still doesn't answer the question, does this hold up in a year for you? Like, well, are these other games, time is just so much time has passed, you've played them so many times, they still, you still enjoy it. But that also just goes to like speak to like personal enjoyment factor. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot harder to codify for some people, like a, a, a game based on like basing it more on its actual merits. Like, I mean, holding up is definitely important. I, I do value, like, holding up, but I also think, like, what it did in its moment. Right. Um, like, how important it was that it did, because there's two types of, like, excellent games to me. There are games that still withstand the, the, the classics, the evergreens that will, like, be, cla- like, timeless forever. And that exists in every medium. Then there are the ones you could point to, like, in its time, that w- hold, there was nothing else like that. That was amazing. It's since been way eclipsed, and it might not hold up as well because of modern advancements. Golden but, but But that game, like, you, know, you had, like... But those are the, you had to have been there. Yeah. And those are harder to codify for people other than you had to have been there. Like you can't, I can't share my emotions with you. Right. I can try and put them into words and like, you know, try and convince you with that. And some people do that very, you know, very well. But at the same time, I don't, I think no amount of like words will like truly impart upon that person like what it meant to play that game, how good it was in that moment of time. And, that, that 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 like that's like I I do value that a lot and like that's the always the harder thing to 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 like re- you know reconcile with like the timelessness of like this game mm-hmm. like Super Mario or whatever is like this is good great forever how do you justify Goldeneye being good for like a few years it's like well I mean they both can to, exist to to elaborate on Damiani's point I think Breath of the Wild is is such a 
good thing to bring up because I think the reason why it's like maybe easier to immediately accept Breath of the Wild as such an achievement is because it is such a reinvention of the series in the way that Metroid Dread is not. And I don't say that as an insult, but it's like Metroid Dread is very much elaborating on a very well-established template that the series has not only done over and over again, but so many other games are Metroidvania. You know, they're, they're, what I mean to say is that they're taking inspiration from Metroid. And so with Metroid Dread, it's like there's so much to compare it to immediately. Right. right. Uh, and I think that, that because there are all of those points of comparison, I think it makes you more uh, reluctant to be like, this is the best. Where it's like, well, is the best because I have to like go through and compare it to every single one of those. Yeah, because I, I think there's, to me, like a lot of times, even when we have these Hall of Greats conversations, it's like there's sort of like this, there's sort of like this apex point of of series to where it's like it's, may, it's maybe not the first one to do it. Right. But it's the one where it's like, okay, we had the basic idea and now we're going to nail it. And then it feels like everything that comes out after that is just sort of like the time that we nailed it. Let's let's call back to that again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From Jason Wojnar, to you, what is worse for a video game's review score? A reviewer rushing to, uh, and having little time to play and write a review or being given enough time to play and write a review at their leisure? Is it better to write the review coming hot off the credits or is it better to maybe do a second playthrough and have a few days to write the review afterward? <laughs> Can wish. any of you think of games where you seriously rethought the review score after the video review was already published? <laughs> oh Technically two questions, I think. And I, and I actually remember this from like a month or two ago. It's mm. just like bringing up a, a review here or there. Maybe it was a Q&A. Mm. We're like, yeah, there was that one thing I wish I would have scored here or there. But specifically like... I mean, you chuckled. Do we do we just not have that much time ever? Yeah, no. <laughs> for a I, second playthrough. No, I, I like, and this it's shaped by audience expectation. Like, I I could pick a limitless examples where every single time a game comes out, we have a good number of people being like, "Where's your review? Where's your review? Where's it coming? Where's it coming?" People want reviews. Quickly and in a way that makes sense. I'm not faulting them for that, but like, no, we don't, we don't have the space, nor is there the expectation that it's like, yeah, let me replay it two or three or four more times. Let me do every character class in the game. Let me try every right. single weapon. It, that 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 can make a huge difference. Some some games, it's just yeah. like or, what you see yeah. in a single playthrough is is just like a a, a slice. You know, because of so many different dialogue options or character builds or right. just different things that you could do. <laughs> so our so our approach is certainly inherently flawed. And then you get the um, response back where they're like, well, why don't you just do that? I would really like that. And it's like, well, a lot of people wouldn't. Like, if we do <laughs> do that approach, like, people – I think sometimes what's frustrating is – People want everything with no concessions, and it's like no, nothing works that way. And it's like, yes, we could attempt to do reviews that way, but then you have to be okay with the fact that you're getting way less reviews, like way less. <laughs> right. So. I think, too, just kind of the way the question is worded is like it's it's two very extremes, right? So, you know, should, you know, is it worse to rush or is it, you know, or is it, or, or should you... You know, spend this extra time on it and and play it more and more. And it's like, we're there. Is a lot 
I feel like there's a lot of examples of rushing. <laughs> sure. Like it's it's rampant throughout this industry, and and uh, you know a lot of people that don't even necessarily have a you know a choice in the matter in a lot of ways to where they're just they're in these like pressure cooker deadline situations, and you know whoever's paying their bills like no you need to have this on this desk at this point in time it does not matter you know i've been in situations like that in the past like i've gotten that he's like i need a script by the end of the day and i'm like i'm not halfway through that game yet so okay (laughs) and you just kind of do what you can do you know Mm -hmm. and and so yeah that's bad uh and and the amount of time that sometimes people have to squeeze through in order to make embargoes that don't make any sense you know like mm-hmm. when you get a game the week of or three days Wasn't before the no or something. Three embargo after the game came out or something like that there was something like that where it was a few hours yeah. later and then they walked it back yeah. to like when the game actually releases but i'm saying more in terms of like the amount of time that somebody has to crunch through a game right and that amount to some degree is going to happen with most games anyways so we're like you need to put in a lot of hours in a relatively short amount of time. Um, but I do think there's a lot of people that are even more constrained to that to where like, they don't have any choice but to go crazy because of who they work for. Uh, and with, you know, at least with us, it's like sometimes it's like, hey, we understand like, if it's gonna take a little bit longer, then we'll eat whatever views that eats because that's just better for your right. health and there's a lot of other things going on. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and there will be times, you know, where, yeah, the, the supposed window has passed, but we're still like, you know, we still, we put work into it. We can still finish a review, you know, like Biomutant, when you did Biomutant, it was like, what, a month later? Yeah. Still did a fair amount of views, you know, it would have done more, sure, but it was still worthwhile. And so, like, it's not exactly like you rush through it or you're just hot off of it, you, like, you had a lot of time to think about that game but, in that amount but of time. Biomute was an interesting case because I was measuring my interest. I was measuring that review score by how much I wanted to cram that game into the tiny amount of time I had to work on it. Because I'm sure there would be other games that I would be like, man, I don't have time to do this, but it's one in the morning and a man is asleep and I want to play more than one hour. I was like, Biomutant was not that game. <laughs> I was like, I'm happy to go to bed and work on Biomutant tomorrow. Right, right. You know, so like, you, sometimes these these restraints you get put in like really do you know kind of educate you in terms of like how important that game really is or maybe if you were more interested in another game or something similar in the genre right well um, uh this year with east nine you know like i don't think i was even planning to review that game at mm-hmm. first you know i think you yeah. were going to review it originally i was going to review it but then i i think i was just doing another review at that time yeah, something so else like, happened i had started to play yeah. the game for whatever other reason and it's like well i'm still playing this game so i guess i'll review it and yep. that, that those kind of conversations happen with us very regularly where it's like you have more of an opportunity to do this thing right now than I do, right. where it's like, because you were working on a, a Forza preview, and it was like, because we were kind of talking, like, who's going to review Metroid? And we, we didn't really know, we didn't really know. And then Bob was like, you have more of an opportunity to do this, go ahead and do it. You know, and we, we, we <laughs> I think people forget or like get mad at us, but like, we really are a, 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 a small team we don't (laughs) have that many resources you and i juggled dragon quest builders one i remember that yeah yeah you started it and then i picked up you had more of an opportunity to to go after it and so we have to we have to make those kind of calls all the time and you have something like writer's republic which i'm gonna uh make some time to review at the end of this month and there's no credits there's no clear like well i'm done you know it's like that game you're working back for blood right now right yeah it's like 
but that, that kind of does have a feels like he's got his sure head in that, that, that space, is a little yeah. more of you can literally see dots on the bottom that's like you've done these chapters you're almost finished but yeah. um yes yeah, sometimes it's why i i can't imagine like reviewing a battlefield or a call of duty i think i've reviewed one call of duty mm. but it's like got to be kind of stressful because you have these modes you're just like i could play this for months you know but I gotta, I gotta stop yes. at some point and yeah. and i think that's the big thing for me I've done reviews for like 15 years is just that like you just get like an impression like a game just hits you and it makes you feel a certain way and like even you know regardless of what you do in the time that you have or the script that you write like you're still calling back to that initial emotion yeah so like writing something quickly I think a good example would be like if a game doesn't have a lot of content if you like finish a campaign and you're like all right time for the extra modes there's no extra modes it's like it's it's good to kind of funnel that (laughs) frustration (laughs) because you'll forget how you feel in this moment or when like when a gl- when a crash happens or when you know you're cut off from content, it's like yeah. it's good to make a note, good to capture that frustration. I also think we consider like different things on 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 who would be better or worse at getting through something. Where it's like, I think it makes sense for me to review Monster Hunter just because <laughs> I've spent so much more time with it that like I'm going to be able to get through that game more quickly than if somebody else did it. Not that their perspective wouldn't be valuable. I'm not trying to discredit them, but yeah. it makes sense in that instance where it's just like, this is going to take less resources on the team overall yeah. uh, because of that experience. I think my Miles Morales review was like three days. Yeah, right, <laughs> like right. Gameplay, writing, VO, oh, cut. Oh, yeah, done. and that's when we couldn't move the consoles, <laughs> yeah. so you had to come in here. All my, all my, all the gameplay you saw in my Miles review was me walking in the door and walking out <laughs> with, a, with a card. Good stuff. Joshua Harwood, a.k.a. Irish Rock 1987. As a father of two and a uh, full-time worker, I don't have much time for video games. I used to play these epic JRPGs, Xenogears, Final Fantasy, etc., mm-hmm. but I just can't dedicate time to exploring these games that I used to. However, I'm still able to play thanks to something that I think needs a special shout-out. Spoiler-free walkthroughs. I've been using a spoiler-free walkthrough for Persona 5 Royal, and it has been absolutely delightful. My question for the panel is this. Is there any section of the community that you feel goes underappreciated or even just... Um, uh, goes unappreciated or even just underappreciated. For me, it's definitely the people who dedicate their time to making these absolutely wonderful guides so that people like me can still enjoy these epic JRPGs. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the perfect example, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, that's what's propping up a lot of the, the big publications and has since the 80s, honestly. Like, that's why people will go to buy a magazine or will mm-hmm. go to a site. It's because they're looking up those guides um, and everyone else is benefiting. You know? And people who do like the the wikis for like bigger games, especially like the the live games games as oh, a service, yeah. who are like constantly updating with Dude. all the content updates to keep the community. Yep. Where when it, when a company won't do it themselves, it's like the community takes the torch and does it for them. It's like just like the, it's like a full time job. I have to imagine doing stuff like that, and it's like the amount of volume you have to go through. It's like yeah. what the heck. You know what you. I was not thinking about this, but Damiani, you just made me realize, like, some of these games are so convoluted in terms of lore, and, like, sometimes I go to a wiki just where it's like, please help me parse this. (laughs) And, like, good wiki writers are able to do that, where they're able to break it down in a way that you can digest. We had a uh, question like this 
like maybe a couple of years ago, and my my answer was um, UI designers. I feel like do not get right. hardly oh, any credit sure. at all, and they make such an impact on how enjoyable your game is. Where they specifically choose where to present information, how they present it, and all that stuff. It, it gets completely underappreciated, yeah. um, but it's huge. There's another one though that I think maybe sounds obvious, but people really don't understand is um, streamers, and it it really pisses me off how often people go, like, how, like, they're, like, there's this mentality out there where they're, like, because your job is playing games all day that you don't deserve my respect or it's okay for me to ridicule you. Those are people that haven't tried to seriously stream. It is super hard. It is is genuinely a skill to be able to do something for hours on end and be entertaining that whole time. Like, there's a reason only a small fraction of streamers... Uh, are able to make a living out of it is because they have developed that skill and really honed that uh, in a way that... And and I'm not trying to sit here and say, like, they're the most important thing in the world or it's, like, the most essential job, but I think it certainly takes more than a lot of people are willing to give it credit for. We will do, like, big marathon streams for, like, charities or events, uh, and, like, that's, like, a day (laughs) for a streamer. Like, us doing, like, eight hours. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Time to take a nap, and that's like Tuesday. Right. Um, I definitely shout out to anybody who has put together, you know, an Excel sheet or whatever, talking to me about, you know, uh, Valheim ingredients, MMO ingredients, right. Minecraft ingredients. Thank you so much. So many things. Where to get them? Thank you. Where to, <gasps> farming guides. Farming guides are a grinder's best friend. Thank you so much. Man, Jones, you just made me think of uh, like people who figure out the meta in any given game. Mm. Because, like, everybody, everybody, like, goes online and they're like, what is the best build in X? And, like, they just take it and use it and run with it. But they don't really, like, give credit to the people that, like, tested that stuff out and, like, were able to reliably say, like, okay, this is the absolute best combination of stuff that you can have in this game. Yeah. Well, it's time for bets. (laughs) Yeah. Next week's bet. I, I in my head, I choose to believe that it wasn't time for bets, and you're like, no, nah, it's time to eat. Oh, I was sort of expecting that to come out of his yeah. mouth too. And I was like, oh no, it's bets. The Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes launches on October 22nd, the day we record next week's episode. We will be streaming that. We are excited. At that time, when we record the episode next Thursday, the day it launches, how many people will be watching Twitch's number one streams? Not how many people are watching the game. I'm going to go to the, the, the most viewed mm-hmm. stream on Twitch. How many people are watching that one? Michael Damiani. 250. 250. Woo! Okay. Woo! Is that a lot? No. That's not a lot. I, 6K, 6K says Ben. 6,000. Daniel Bloodworth yeah. says? 5,106. That's an interesting number. That's very... Uh, Price is right. 800. So just be right about down there. I go. Okay. Got the high. Okay. No Isla this week, so we got more of a shot next week. The percentage is up. It's in our favor. Uh, last week, I don't know. I'm going to check in a second. Back for Blood launched two days ago. Uh, I wanted to know when we were recording this episode, how many viewers in total would the game have on Twitch? Uh, for reference, Dead by Daylight had 22K when I checked that afternoon. Dude, Dead by he- Daylight is a Twitch champion. Yeah. 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 So it's tough to, you know, uh, maybe not the best thing to judge your also, uh, game performance on. Uh, curious where Dead by Daylight's at right now. Michael Huber bet 34000 Michael Damiani bet 85000 Isla Hank bet 62000 Blood and I were a little on the lower on the scale. Blood bet 30700 and I bet 26000 Right now, Back for Blood has refresh. 
can't be that high. 31,000 people watching <laughs> on Twitch. Wow. This number jumped all over the place. I got to the studio oh, it's all very around. early today, and 120,000 people were watching. Yeah. I checked right before we recorded the podcast. It was 60-something. It Right now at 9.14 p.m. on Thursday evening, it is 31,000, yeah. um, which is somewhat close between Huber and Bloodworth, but uh, Blood's got the 30, almost right on the nose, baby, uh, for the win. Nice. Bringing our scores, too. Jovial Penguins, 26. <laughs> no quote today. That's a quote in and of itself. Vociferous Beavers, 19. No, 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 no. Did get some comments where people were like, if you do the math, you technically have two more weeks before you should just give up. And I'm like, never tell me the odds. We're just telling it, baby. <laughs> Let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. You might not know what that is if you just listen to the podcast here. Patreon is how we are primarily funded. And for just $5, you can get this podcast two days early, along with obviously supporting the group. We do shows, podcasts, streams, reviews, previews, impressions, and reactions to games. We'd very much like to continue doing that as long as we possibly can. Uh, there's lots of different ways we, you know, you can support us. Obviously, viewership helps, and we have sponsors, but we are primarily funded through Patreon. So if you go check that out, you can see all of your benefits that you can get from joining our Patreon and supporting this wonderful group. But concerning this podcast, you can get it two days early if you'd like to get it on Fridays, on the date that is on the thumb, other than Sundays. Our tip-top tier at patreon.com slash allies is our shout-out tier. Right now, I'm going to shout out four lovely people who support us so tremendously every month. Shout out to L. Fanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb, Togi Crawford, and Nick. Shout, shout, out. shout, out. shout out. Daniel Bloodworth. Mm-hmm. You won. Good job. You get to promote any Easy Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. Um, I'm going to promote, I don't know if it'll be up by the time you watch this, uh, but we just, uh, before this, we shot spoiler mode. Haven't done one in a while. For uh, yeah. Metroid Dread, yeah. And uh, like we it's were, a good spoiler mode. We were chomping at it. I think yeah. I said everything I wanted to say about that game. Which I stayed out of the room, but I heard laughter. Yeah, and it's, it's a game that, like, it has so many dimensions of things that, like, we don't want to spoil for people in other conversations. So, like, right. it's just, like, the perfect, just, like, get it all out there it, conversation. It was such good energy because it was really like four people that care a lot about Metroid get to express that care on, you know, with no barriers, really, which was nice. Yeah. And uh, so you can go to our Patreon and get that for just a dollar a month. That's spoiler mode, plus like 50 others. I don't know how many we got. There's a lot. It's a good plug. A lot of spoilers. It's a good plug. Um, And then going to start working on that Life is Strange tonight. So we can get that spoiler mode the in the game. game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Huber and Elise are like, nice. "What is yeah. taking you so long?" Yes. So yeah, Elise that'll that'll be my final so word because that's almost like two pitches. Um, and we'll see you before the next Blood Moon rises. Do you ever have those like things in the back of your mind where you're like, I want to get into this, but I know I shouldn't? Do you ever just hear kind of irrelevant, dumb stories that make you generally depressed about the state of the world? Poopy.